Good evening, everyone. Shalom Aleichem. We're continuing our Shuram on Sefer Vayikra. Welcome back. I hope everyone had a wonderful Yom Tif. The Shuram on Sefer Vayikra are generously sponsored by Dr. Zakheim and Mishpachta, Lila Nishmas, Rav Shem ben Rav Yaakov Zakheim, and Lila Nishmas, Dr. Zakheim's mother, Rivka Bas Tovi Halevi, the Ganeda and Tehim Nuchasim. They should be Melitza Yisharm for their whole family. Adbi Askoel Tzedek. The Shuram of Chodesh Nisan are generously sponsored by our friend Rabbi Eli Babayev and family, Lilian Nishmas, Avraham, uh, Albert, Ben Yaminov, Halevi, Ben Esther, the Ganeden, Tehim, and Uchasai. Should be a male for his whole family. For Simcha Sanachas, Suras Toivais, Adbias Gal Tzedek. Tonight's year is sponsored by our friend Rabbi Robert Yadgorov for a speedy recovery for a newborn nephew. Yosef Meir Ben Shoshana. Hashem should watch over him. He's having surgery right now, and he should have a Rafu Shalema. Tonight she is also sponsored by Rabbi Yaakov Mizrahi of Eretz Yisrael. Okay, Parshas Tazria Mitzvah. We have a very um, important mitzvah in the Parsha, sort of slipped in when you would least expect it. The Pasuk talks about a woman who gave birth and her Tuma and her Tahara, and the Pasuk says, Uvayoyim Hashmini Yimayel Esbasar On the eighth day, you circumcise the flesh of his foreskin. Now, this is very interesting. We're going to speak today about, of all the 613 mitzvahs in the Torah, there are three mitzvahs that enjoy a unique feature. Namely, we have many mitzvahs that are great mitzvahs, have reward to them that the Torah speaks about. But there are only three mitzvahs that are categorized as an ois, as a, a sign. Meaning th- that the performance of that mitzvah indicates that there's some kind of treaty or deal between us and the Almighty. What are these three mitzvahs? This is uh, written, recorded by Avodraham, as well as Rabbeinu Bachaye. And the three mitzvahs are Brismila, Shabbos, Tefillin. By Mila it says, Vahaya la ois beris beini uveinechem. It will be a sign of a covenant between me and you. Shabbos it says, Beini uvein b'nei Yisrael ois hila oilam. By Tfilin it says, Vahaya la ois al yadcha. And therefore these three mitzvahs are a sign and testimony that we are the servants of Hashem. So these are the three oisos, yeah, the three signs. Now we know that in order to have proper testimony, how many witnesses do you need? Usually you need two. Al-Pishnai Edim, Yaakum Davar. Therefore, Avudraham writes, Rabbeinu Bechaye writes, and the original source of this is the Sefer Mitzvahis Gadol of Rav Moshe of Kusi. Rav Moshe of Kusi was one of the Rishonim, along with Rabbi Yechiel of Paris, who debated Nicholas Donin in the famous disputation in France about the Talmud, by the way, the, he wrote the Sefer Mitzvah's Gadol. If you look at Masech Yuma, on the side of the page is Toysvus Yishanim. Toysvus Yishanim was written by Ramosh of Kusi. That we have three oisais. And at all times, one has to have at least two oisais on them. One should always be carrying two oisais. Therefore, and if someone is missing one of them, one is not a full, complete Jew. Even though, you know, there's certain things, either you are or you're not in this world. You know, you, you can't be very. You know, he's very Jewish. He's not so Jewish. 
There's no such thing. Either you are or you're not. You know, you can't be very... But it seems like one's Jewishness is dependent on carrying these two signs. What are they? Bris, Tefillin, Shabbos. Therefore, says Avodraham, says Rabbeinu Bechaye, says the Sefer Mitzvah Gadol, on Shabbos, where we have an ois, you don't have to wear tefillin. Shabbos is an ois, so you don't have to wear tefillin. So you have Shabbos and Mila. What about during the week? During the week, you don't have Shabbos, you better wear tefillin. This way you have tefillin and Mila. Therefore, whenever you, wherever you are, you always have two ois ois. And therefore... It's so important that everybody wears tefillin because you don't have tefillin. You're basically like you're you're forsaking your testimony. Now we understand why back in the day they they wore tefillin all day long. So you could ask, well, what do they do in the nighttime? But this is the philosophy, philosophical rationale offered by the Sefer Mitzvah Gadol. It's, it's quoted by Avudraham. It's quoted by Rabbi We have three mitzvahs that are on ice. And at all times, and all days of the year, you always want to have at least two eyesights. Okay? It's a very beautiful idea. It's like you want to have two testimonials that we are connected to Hashem. <coughs> so this brings up the following interesting point. By the way, this comes from a Gemara. The Gemara says, Menachas, Rabbi Akiva says, I would think you should put tefillin on on Shabbos and Yom Tov. No, it says, Vahayol ice. <coughs> On a, someone who needs an ice, wears tefillin. Shabbos and Yom Tif, you don't need an ice, because Shabbos and Yom Tif is the ice. So therefore, we don't wear tefillin. By the way, Taisus and Maid Katan brings, well, Chalamoid, maybe you have an ice. Because Yom Tif is an ice. Chalamoid, what's the ice? Maybe the matzah, maybe the sukkah. So then it comes out, it's not only Mila, Shabbos, and tefillin. There might be other ice ice as well. Okay. Therefore, the Shulchan Aruch says, that you're not allowed to wear tefillin on Shabbos. Why? Because since you have the ice of Shabbos, it's going to be disparaging to Shabbos, the ice of Shabbos to put on tefillin. Okay? Fine. So now we come to the million dollar question. What's, this, what's wrong with having three? Okay. Two is the minimum, but you can have three. True. Again, actually the Shulchan Aruch seems to say, and we're going to get back to this, you should... Maybe you shouldn't even have two. Because the Shulchan Aruch doesn't talk about Mila at all. And the Shulchan Aruch just says, don't wear tefillin on Shabbos because it's disparaging to Shabbos. Okay? We're going to come back. We're going to discuss all of this. Here's, we're going to start with the following question. The Smag writes that you should always have two witnesses. What about someone whose brothers died because of bris Mila? Now, I don't know if that happens today. I don't think so. Chances are that, yeah, I don't think it happens today. And I don't think it happened even hundreds of years ago either. Um, maybe the last time it happened was, you know, really a very long time ago. We're going to see it could be even um, even in the times of the early Achreinim, uh They did not think it happened. But let's say you have someone whose brothers died because of Bismillah. Does he have a bris? Can't give him a bris. Is it the kid's fault? He doesn't have it. It's not his fault. It's just, you know, the <laughs> the likelihood of it being safe for him to have a mila, he probably has some kind of condition that he can't have a mila. I just actually heard today about a situation. A, um, a baby had a bris today. 
and um, he's uh, needs a refu shlema. So, but but the condition of mesu achiv machmas mila is very uncommon. But let's say you had such a case. A guy comes to shul. He tells the rabbi, you know, rabbi, I never had a bris. You never had a bris? Yeah, because uh, my brothers died because of bris mila. So now the question is, so he doesn't have a bris, what should he do on Shabbos? He should wear tefillin on Shabbos. The only reason you don't wear tefillin on Shabbos is because on Shabbos you have bris and Shabbos. But if you don't have bris and all you have is Shabbos, maybe you should wear tefillin on Shabbos. Can you imagine? You come into Sean Chavez, everyone's, you know, and you have a guy wearing, like sometimes I come to Mincha, he's a guy, he's wearing tefillin Mincha time. So either his alarm didn't go off on time, or or he's on a very high madrega. The only thing is, usually the guy who's wearing tefillin Mincha time does not look like he's on a very high madrega, you know. Usually he looks like he uh, woke up a little bit late. But that's the question of the Chumas Hadashan. Chumas Hadashan wants to know, according to the Samag, that a person always needs to aid him, so someone whose brother died because of Mila, should he put on tefillin on Shabbos? By the way, I don't know, I, maybe I shouldn't get get, it, uh, get ourselves into trouble, but if a Jew needs to aid him, so what does a woman do? She doesn't have bris, and she doesn't have tefillin. Yeah, what about them? At Shabbos. Yeah. So yes, she has Shabbos. Man also has Shabbos. What are the what are the witnesses? Okay. So we say Ishtai Kagufai. Okay. Think about that. That's the question of Trumas Hadashan. Trumas Hadashan wants to know if there's this imperative that you always have to have two Adim. So then someone who doesn't have bris milah, should he wear tefillin on Shabbos? Comes the Chumas Hadeshen. No, you don't need to wear tefillin on Shabbos. Why? You never make a distinction in halacha based on an agadic reason. The smag was the one who said that the reason to wear two, the reason why we should wear tefillin during the week and not on Shabbos is because you always have to have two witnesses. So during the week you have tefillin and milah. On Shabbos you have Shabbos and Mila, but now you're going to start differentiating, but a guy who doesn't have Mila, he should wear tefillin on Shabbos? You never make distinctions in halacha based on agadic reason. For example, what? When? Okay. So there's a distinction. Right now we're dealing with the, uh, with the drush, okay, of you always need two uh, two to uh, Simanim, two witnesses. So what about somebody who doesn't have a Mila? Oh, so he should wear tefillin. No, we're not going to make a distinction based on that. But the one, in other words, the, 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 the distinction made, made by Shulchan Aruch, namely that on Shabbos you shouldn't wear tefillin because it's disparaging. That's not Agadic, because if you look in the Gemara Menachas, the Gemara Darshans, it says, V'hayul ois al yadcha, only someone who needs an ice should wear tefillin. On Shabbos, you don't need a... That's one. And that's darshan from a pasuk. The smag is giving a drush that you always need two. So that's the agadic distinction that we're referring to. But you're right, there might be an agadic imperative regarding one. And we're going to come back to that as well. Okay? Why, why not wear the tefillin by 
No, now that a general question. Really, we should wear tefillin all day long, right? Do you have to keep kosher all day long? Kosher all day long. Uncle Moshe says that you have to keep kosher all day long, right? And you will never ever. And I haven't heard that song in many many years. Baruch Hashem, I still remember, right? But what the answer is really? You're obligated to wear tefillin all day long. You have an obligation. But we can't fulfill it because we cannot maintain our body in cleanliness. Okay, we. I know three people that wear it. What? I know three people that do that. I know four and a half. <laughs> but, but. But there's no reason not to. Wear there's it. no reason not to wear it fun, other than we don't wear it more than we have to because uh, we're not able to keep our body clean. Which is one of the reasons. That's why a woman does not wear it. That's the reason why, the main reason women don't wear tefillin. Why don't women wear, don't wear tefillin? Because since, since they're not, no, because since they're not mechuyiv to wear tefillin, they can't take the chance. We're mechuyiv to. So we have to take the chance, but we're not going to take the chance for longer than we need to. That's, you would think she needs some ice. She needs some testimony. Now, so listen to this. How do we know we don't make distinctions in Agadic teaching? Another raya from this week's parsha. The raya is the Gemara Nida asks, why is bris milah on day eight? Like, who came out day eight? It should be on day seven. The answer is the woman gives birth. She's a Nida. So she's ushered to her husband for seven days. So if they're going to make a bris on day seven, everyone's going to be happy, and the husband and wife are going to be sad. So that's not nice. So we push off bris milah to day eight so that the husband and wife could be happy also. So that's the reason the, the Gemara gives. So asks the Chumas Hadashen, but what if the woman is a Zava anyway? So anyway, she's not going to become mother for a while. So maybe we should push off the bris till day 14 or day 20. Or we are nowadays, where it's going to take at least, it's going to take her uh, a few weeks until she's mother. Maybe we should make the bris mila after five, six weeks. The answer is we're not going to use an Agadic teaching to dictate the, the timing of a, mish, uh, of a mitzvah. The mitzvah is on day eight because the Torah says it's on day eight. We're going to provide an additional rationale once we know what the facts are. But we're not going to change the facts after, um, based on the Agadic reason. Now, this is very interesting. Somebody came to the Binyan Sion, who was Rabbi Yaakov Etlinger, and they asked Rabbi Yaakov Etlinger, Rabbi Yaakov Etlinger uh, was asked, does somebody have to risk their life not to embarrass someone? And he said, yes. And he said, why? Oh, he said, because we learn that from, from uh, Tamar. Tamar was willing to risk her life not to embarrass Yehuda. So they asked the Binyan Sion, why are you learning at Halacha from Agarita? I thought the Chuma Sadashan says, we don't, we don't make distinctions in Halacha based on Agarita. So the Binyan Sion says, yeah, we don't make distinctions in Halacha based on Agarita. We're not going to say the mitzvah applies here and doesn't apply there based on Agarita. But if you have an Agadic teaching that says X or says Y, it says it's better to give up your life not to embarrass someone, we sure will learn out halacha from an Agadic teaching. The bottom line is, the Chuma Sadashin wants to know, a guy who is not going to do brismila, should he wear a tefillin on Shabbos? The answer is no. And by the way, the Chida quotes this uh, rationale of uh, the Chuma Sadashin. And uh, he brings that somebody who's not going to do mila is still chayiv in mitzvot regarding the following case. Let's say somebody, their bris mila is being delayed. Should we then delay pidyon haben also? 
So he says, no. Just because you're not doing bris, you're still chayv in mitzvahs. The haraya, the Chumas Hadeshen says, someone who doesn't do bris milah, he's going to put tefillin on during the week. He's just not going to wear it on Shabbos. Okay, so this is the general idea that is advanced by the Chumas Hadeshen. Shailas the Radvaz asks the same question as the Chumas Hadeshen. Listen carefully with one little twist. He doesn't ask, are you required, someone who doesn't do Mila because their brother died because of Mila, not are you required to wear tefillin on Shabbos, are you allowed to wear tefillin on Shabbos? You hear the difference? The Shema Sadeshin wanted to know, is someone who didn't do bris, are they required to wear tefillin on Shabbos? The Radbaz wants to know, are they obligated, excuse me, are you allowed to wear tefillin on Shabbos? And the Radvaz says, no, you're not allowed to. Why? He says, where do you get this thing, listen carefully, where do you get this thing that someone who doesn't do brismila is missing an ice? They are a bal ois. What does it mean they're a bal ois? They're worthy to have an ice. One of you nice gentlemen has my notes. What, um, yeah, possible? You need a set of... No, just the ones with my notes on it. <laughs> Is that possible? Maybe one of these? It's okay. Oh, here it is. Sorry. The Obi Michael me. Right over here. Um, he, he wants to know, if somebody who did not do bris mila, are they allowed to do a bris? So he says as follows, that someone who didn't do a bris, he wanted to do a bris, it's just he was not able to. Therefore, he's commanded in bris mila, he's considered someone who has a covenant with God. Maybe the same thing would go for a woman. She's a Jewish person. She's a member of the nation through which a covenant is made through Brismila. He says, here's the proof. Let's say somebody makes a nether, they're not going to get Hana from uncircumcised people. I'm not getting any benefit from uncircumcised people. The halacha is, I'm allowed to get benefit from uncircumcised Jews. Because a Jew is by definition considered circumcised, whether they are or whether they're not. All Jews are called circumcised. Furthermore, if a guy comes to you and he says, you know, I wasn't circumcised, can I wear tefillin? Don't let them. Don't let the cat out of the bag that this guy is an RL. It's not going to look good. And besides, says Radvaz, who ever heard of somebody whose brother died because of Mila? I never met anyone. Okay, this is, this is what I was referring to before. This is 500 years ago. I never met anyone. I never heard of anybody who didn't do bris because his brother died because of bris That's like the guy who comes in, you know, the dog ate the homework. The same way no dog ever ate the homework, no one's brother ever died because... What about, what, what about the Russian Jews that, that, you know, that, that didn't get bris Are they considered to be... You know, well, well, one thing's for have, sure. Well, Someone who doesn't have, have a bris milah... You don't have a milah. I mean, you have to do milah. As as, I, mean, I remember when I was a kid, um, the Arav, Rabbi Yitzhak Izbi, he once took all of us to an apartment on Nostrand Avenue of somebody, he must have been in his 50s or 60s, a Russian Jew, and he had a milah right, right there. I mean, can you imagine the... 
the heroism, I mean the bravery. I remember um, I, w I was once in shul. I remember maybe like 25 years ago. I asked the guy, there was a guy there davening Shemona Esrei, like you could not, like he was on a very high level. I asked him his name. He had the same name of one of the, as one of the all-time great Gedele Yisrael. And he told me, you know, he's a Russian Jew, and he recently had a bris milah. I mean, and, and you know, he was a teenager, you know. But if you, but you still have to have a bris. Just because you're Jewish, you're, not, you're considered philosophically, you know, in thought, you're considered circumcised. But you have to actually go through with the milah. So the Radvaz says this idea that... Um, not only are you not required to put on tefillin, it seems like you're not allowed to wear tefillin. Comes the chidah, the chidah uh, is not happy with the, what the Radvaz offers. He says, first of all, it's very nice the person wanted to have a milah, and philosophically, anyone who belongs to Jewish people is considered circumcised, but at the end of the day, this gentleman is not circumcised. And the fact that if you make a neder from people who are uncircumcised, this person is permitted, that just shows that this individual is not uncircumcised. But it doesn't mean he is positively circumcised. He's not an RL. But he's not a Nimal. Just because he's not a, a RL, because he's Jewish, it doesn't mean he's a Nimal, someone who's circumcised. If anything, the Chidah says, we could have brought a better raya. The halacha is, if somebody says, I'm not getting hana from someone with a circumcision, you can't get hana from any Jew, even if they don't have a circumcision. Because a Jew is definitionally circumcised. Bottom line is, the Chidah says, I disagree. If you're not circumcised, you're not circumcised. And that which the Radvaz says, that we can't let the cat out of the bag to let this guy put on tefillin, he said, let him put on tefillin in his closet. And the Chidah says something very interesting. He says, why in the world would... First of all, Kabbalistically, the Chidah says, you're not allowed to wear tefillin on Shabbos. It's, it's disgraceful to Shabbos. Just one and one. It's disgraceful to Shabbos. So you're going to say, and because of a drush of the smag, make the guy wear tefillin, when the Zoyar says it is prohibited to wear tefillin on Shabbos, and then says the Chidah, what's this guy doing during the week? This guy who has no mila, how many oysters does he have during the week? What does he have? Tefillin. He has no Shabbos and he has no mila. So all of a sudden, Shabbos, you want him to have two signs. Well, he, he had one sign during the week. So if he was good enough with one sign in the week, then let him continue one sign on Shabbos. So that's the conclusion of the Chidah. He should not wear tefillin on Shabbos. You should know, Reb Chaim Kinevsky brings, even though we paskin, someone who doesn't have mila, should not wear tefillin on Shabbos. Some achroinim paskin, they should wear tefillin on Shabbos. It's not unanimously held. That's not normative halacha. But there is such a view. It's attributed to the base Hillel. Even though if you read it, he doesn't say that. Okay. Let's move on a little bit. Tefillin on Shabbos. Muksa or not muksa? They're muksa. Are they muksa machmas gufai? Which means, are they muksa because they have no purpose at all? Or are they muksa, are they klisha malach da'il 
something that you do something prohibited on Shabbos with. For example, a scissors. Scissors is muksa because you usually cut paper with it. If you wanted to use scissors to cut a piece of cheese, are you allowed to on Shabbos? What? You designate beforehand. I don't think you have to designate it before. You need to cut the cheese. You could use uh it's klisha malachtoy l'isr. It's a kli that you normally do isr. You're allowed to do it. You're allowed to use it. L'tzarech gufay. Now usually you don't need a scissor to cut a piece of cheese, right? You can use a knife. But um, our tefillin, let's say you have tefillin. You come home. The tefillin are on your dining room table. Shabbos morning. What do you do with tefillin on Shabbos? You need the place. You move them. It's klisha malachtel iser. You don't wear tefillin on Shabbos, so it's something designated for something you're allowed to use on Shabbos, but which you're allowed to move l'tzorech makaymai. But listen to the Mishnah The Mishnah writes in number twelve, you're allowed to move tefillin on Shabbos. Im loy l'tzorech gufam aymakaymam, unless you need it for themselves or you need the place. Now, need the place. It's like every Shabbos, I, I, my tefillin are always in the wrong place, right? They're either on the dining room table or they're on my desk. I want to learn, right? They're always, they're always where they should not be. Someone put them where they shouldn't be. So tefillin are like the classic case of klisha machas that you're always moving machas But how in the world would tefillin be allowed to be moved l'tzorech gufay? Why would anyone need tefillin for tefillin on Shabbos? What? You want to train your kid. But he's not to put it on. I don't think you would be allowed to train a kid to put on tefillin on Shabbos. It would be convenient if you could, right? That you want to, you want to, what? Hilchot tefillin. You want to show, you're learning halacha, you're, you're learning the halacha. And you want to show what's the mavarta, what's the titura. Yeah, I might have said that. Right. Mechinuch, you're, you're trying to teach about the mitzvah of tefillin. Why do you have to say them? The answer is because I didn't write the Mishnah Bura. The Chavetz Chaim wrote the Mishnah Bura, and he said, and also the Shulchan Aruch says it's Maksa. Because because it's you anything used for something you're not allowed to do is Muksa Machnas is called Klisha Malach Del But what does the Mishnah Bura mean? You're allowed to use the Letzarch Gufa. Yeah, I, I would have said what you what you guys are saying. You could use it if you need to, I guess, sh- you know, show a hilchot tefillin. Says with Chaim Kiyevsky, I'll tell you why you would nu- use it, Lutzar Gufai. Someone whose brother died Machmas Mila, he puts on tefillin on Shabbos. So that's considered using it, Lutzar Gufai. So they asked with Chaim Kiyevsky, yeah, but we don't paskin like the Shumas Hadasha. So what do you mean if somebody's brother died because of uh, of Mila, so he should wear tefillin, but we don't paskin. The Chumas Hadashin said we're not making distinctions in halacha based on Agadatam. Chaim says it, but somebody was concerned, maybe the halacha is not like uh, the Chumas Hadashin. So somebody who wants to wear tefillin um, would be allowed to use the tefillin, Lutzarach Gufai. I would have said, yeah, but the Radvaz, when he raised the Shaila, he wasn't asking, are you obligated to? He was asking, are you allowed to? And the Radvaz says, you're not allowed to wear the tefillin. The Chidah even said it was Asr. So, what does the Mishnah Bura mean? That you'd be allowed to wear the tefillin, but you can't wear tefillin on Shabbos. 
unless um, maybe maybe what you're saying is a valid answer that you'd be allowed to wear the tefillin, let's say to or la- allowed to move the tefillin to show what the tefillin are themselves. Okay, this is really what I was getting to. The next Mishnah Barah. You ready? Look at number 14. This is very interesting. Uviyoyim sheyesh boy mila. There's a mila in the shul. Roi shaloy lachloy tzad achar hamila. You should keep the tefillin on until after bris mila. Not the moyel. Of course the moyel. By the way, when was the last time you saw a moyel wear a tefillin when he did the mila? should. Not the Sandak. The Sandak usually does. Not the Aviyaben. Usually the Aviyaben does. Everybody. Ki Mila hi ois. Mila is a sign. Utfilin heim ois. And Tfilin is a sign. Since Mila is an ois, and Tfilin is an ois, don't take off your Tfilin till after the Mila. Who says that? Mishnah Bura. From who? Early sources. Magen Avram. Got that halacha? So Rabbi Adler is raising a good question. What does this kid's eyes got to do with my tefillin? That's one question. That wasn't the question I was looking for yet. He's saying, I already put on tefillin. And I put on tefillin with my mila. So I had to, I, I already did what I needed to do. Why am I keeping it on? Maybe I should dive into my closet because if this guy comes next to me, he's going to have his tefillin and his mila. It's going to be four. <coughs> That's why people get very possessive. Like, get out of here, get it. You're getting too close to me. What are you getting so close to me with your tefillin for? I mean, you know, maybe we should make cubicles. Okay, let me tell you the question I'm looking for. This is the question of Rav Moshe Feinstein and the Igrois Moshe. There's a question of Rav Chaim Knievsky and the Sefer Das Noite. Ready for this great question? But it's such a good question, but you already have enough information that you should be able to answer it like that. The question Rav Moshe asks in the Igrois Moshe is the Shulchan Aruch says, are you allowed to wear tefillin on Shabbos? No, why? It's not nice to Shabbos. Shabbos is an ice. So you're going to come with the tefillin as if Shabbos is not a good enough ice. Get your tefillin away from Shabbos. Shabbos is a good enough ice by itself. What are you, what are you showing? What, we need more ice ice. You're not to wear tefillin on Shabbos. So ask Moshe, so why are you putting on your tefillin to go next to the bris milah? What's wrong with the milah? The same way you're now to wear tefillin on Shabbos. The Shulchan says it's a zilzul to Shabbos to wear tefillin. It's a zilzul to Yom Tif to wear tefillin. So why does the Mishaburu say you should wear tefillin at a mila? It's a disgrace to the mila. To put on. It's good to wear tefillin at the mila. It should be bad to wear tefillin at the mila. You hear? That's the question of Moshe Feinstein. That's the question of Chaim Knievsky. Got the question? You're not supposed to wear a tefillin on Shabbos. It's not nice to Shabbos. You're disparaging Shabbos. So it's nice to wear tefillin at a mila. You're disparaging the brismila. The worst thing you can wear at a brismila is tefillin. But then you would never need two of them because you would only be allowed to have just one. At any time, just one. Either brist or... Uh, or, or, or so if David is, uh, is answering, what kind of question is that? 
That's not a question. You're now to wear tefillin on Shabbos because a Jew needs two signs. So on Shabbos I have Shabbos and Mila. So that's why I don't wear tefillin. It's Shabbos and Mila. That's why I don't wear tefillin. But at a regular bris Mila, I should wear tefillin to have two signs. Meaning, Ramosha was asking, what do you mean? It's not nice to wear tefillin on Shabbos, so it shouldn't be nice to wear tefillin by Mila. That's Ramosha's kasha. So David is saying, what kind of kasha is that? There's a very big distinction between wearing tefillin on Shabbos and wearing tefillin by Mila. Wearing tefillin on Shabbos, I already have two. I have Shabbos and Mila, so I don't wear tefillin. But to wear tefillin by Mila, it's not Shabbos. So I need, I should wear tefillin to have two. So what was Ramosh even asking? By the way, that's what Reb Chaim Kanievsky answers. You had your Wheaties today. Reb Chaim answers that what's, there's a very big distinction between why it's not nice to wear tefillin on Shabbos and why it is dafka nice to wear tefillin by Mila. It's not nice to wear tefillin on Shabbos because you already have tefillin, uh, Shabbos and Mila. You don't want to have a third. You already have two. You don't want any more. But to wear tefillin at Mila, you don't have Shabbos, so you should wear tefillin. So what's Ramesh's kasha? And why doesn't Ramesh give that answer? Do you ready? You should have enough information to be able to understand why that's... Why? Rabbi Chaim Kievsky says it's a good answer. Why Ramesh didn't go for it, and I don't think it's a good enough answer. The mission is what? The Shavur is clearly implying that the baby's breast is a second person. Right. Ramosha's kasha is if if tefillin, if it's not nice to put on tefillin on Shabbos, then why is it yes nice to wear tefillin by Mila? Why is it that Shabbos, it's insulting for Shabbos to put on the tefillin, and by bris, it's nice for the bris to put on the tefillin? So they were saying it's not a matter about insulting or nice. It's do you have two or do you not have two? The reason why Ramosha didn't give this answer is like the Chumas Hadashin said in the beginning. Because this whole thing about two, it's a drush. It's a drush. You should always have two. But Ramosha is writing a halachic tshuva. And all we know is one thing. You know, that's what we were, st- we're starting off with. It's a drush that you always need to. But one thing we have in Shulchan Aruch and the Gemara, the Gemara says it's disparaging to Shabbos to put on tefillin because since Shabbos is an ois, to dafka put on tefillin on Shabbos, it's not nice to the ois of Shabbos. So Moshe asks, so why is it nice to the ois of bris milah to put on tefillin? It should be disparaging to the milah. Don't call me this business about two. That's a nice Devar Torah, the two business. That's a nice drush. But it's not going to... We're not going to make distinctions in halacha. We're not going to say, oh, go put on your tefillin by a bris to have two. We're not going to make halacha, we're not going to make distinctions in halacha based on that drush. So you ready for, so now we have a good question. So we do put on tefillin uh, The, sh- the, the Mishnah Brewer says you should. You should. Yeah. And we, and it's happily ever after, right? <laughs> but we do. We do. Right. The question is, why should you? Right. Isn't it disparaging to the rest? That's right. Ramosha's kasha. Right. So one answer, and Rabbi Chaim Kievsky gives this answer, is 
it's only disparaging to Shabbos because you already have two Isis. Right. But, but Ramosh is not going with that. So listen to what Ramosh answers. Well, what do we do on Rosh Chaydash if somebody has a bris? I'm going to get to... Should keep on wearing it? Should you put it back on? Yeah. No. And why do we take the rope? Should the Baal bris put it back on? Yeah. yeah. Is there a difference between that it's the, the bris of the child versus your, uh, your own bris? So why do you wear it? Yeah. Very good. The chida. What did he say? Chida and Reb Chaim Knievsky, they both offer another possibility, and that is, you're not going to put on tefillin on on Shabbos. You know why? You're the one who's keeping the Shabbos. You're right. keeping the Shabbos. For you to put on tefillin, I already have a noise. I'm keeping the Shabbos. Yeah, two noise. Yeah, the and, and I'm keeping the before the bris for a second. I'm keeping the shop. So the ice is in me. To put on tefillin to have another ice in me, it's disparaging. But but the kid has a bris. Right, the bris is in him. So for me to put on tefillin, that's not a problem at all. To me, it's um, you know, what does his bris got to do with my tefillin? I think you said that also. Rabbi Adler and Rabbi Weber both said that. Now, listen to Ramosha's answer. You ready? This is a very interesting chiddush. Ramosha said, What's the oysa bris? Is it circumcising? Is the act of circumcision the ice? No. It's, it's what? Having. Having a mila. Being circumcised being circumcised so you want to say it's disparaging okay you're now going to put on tefillin on Shabbos it's this, because that's disparaging to the ois of Shabbos you can say I shouldn't be allowed to wear tefillin by the bris because it's disparaging to what? the circumcision circumcision is not an ois anyway cutting is not an ois the ois is being circumcised says Ramosha you know why you should wear tefillin at a bris? Because we're trying to explain to people, what are we doing? Why are we doing this? We're doing this because it's very important that everyone should always have a sign on them. Like, like, look everyone, look what we're wearing. We're wearing tefillin. Ramesh says, the wearing of tefillin, it's not that the Mishaburah says, put on tefillin for the bris to have two signs. I'd like to do it too. You put on tefillin for the bris as an explanation of why we're doing this to the child. Because we want the child to have an ice. That's right. I, I mean, who would have thought of that? I don't think anybody is aware. I think most people think it has something to do with like let's let's put all the signs together. Ramosha says it's because the ice is not being circumcised. The ice is, is like uh, Rabbi Pollock said, being circumcised. Not the act of circumcision. So the uh, the wearing of tefillin is injecting meaning into why we're circumcising. What? Ah, oh, good point. And this is sort of what the Chida says. Anyway, this is a custom. This is just a custom. In other words, on Shabbos, you're not allowed to wear tefillin as obligatory. This is just a custom to put on tefillin. Now, I'll tell you the truth. In my yeshiva, 
they did not, even though they always follow the Mishnah they did not keep the tefillin on for, bris, for a bris. Why? Same reason we don't wear it. What, what would you get a guy? He's, he's, wearing, he's walking down the street. He's wearing tefillin. What would you call him? Arrogant. Arrogant. What do you mean? I have to wear tefillin all day long. How? Well, you think you could keep yourself clean the whole day? You're walking down the street. You're, you're pushing a car with apples in it. You think you could remain clean? So, yeah, but we wear tefillin in the morning. Okay. If, uh, you know, halavai, we could keep our minds clear for the 40 minutes we daven shachras. But to do it beyond that, you know, your border, it's uh, yuhara, it's gaiva. So in the yeshiva, they were very makbid on um, what we call chitzoinias, excessive, you know, acts of stringency. But the Mishnah does say you should keep uh, tefillin on for brismila. If I may add, the chida writes that one should always think to themselves that back in the day, people were tefillin all day long. And therefore, at the very least, after you finish davening, you should learn at least like one thing wearing your tefillin. Learn a pasuk, learn a halacha, learn something in your tefillin. Like, to remember the way things should be ideally, you know, where they used to spend the whole day wearing tefillin. I know the Arch Laner, uh, Rabbi Yaakov Ellinger would wake up very early in the morning and he would daven shachris and he would learn until like chatzos hayoyim wearing tefillin before he would even eat. Okay, one more, so, so, so far like this. Again, the question is, um, um, but by the way, I'll, I will tell you that, you know, sometimes, obviously not in this city or this whole country, but maybe in other countries, sometimes people take out their phone while they're wearing tefillin. I don't think you can. Because when, when, you're, when you're wearing tefillin, you're not to divert your mind from the tefillin. You're not to be mesiach das from tefillin. So davening... Davening is not considered hesachadas, but to check a text message or an email on a phone, I don't think you're allowed to do that while you're wearing tefillin. If you if you hear from big paiskim that you're allowed to, then all you know, great, good for good for you. But I can't understand what how how it should be permitted. I don't think you're allowed to uh, do something that's either not focused on your tefillin or focused on your tefillah. That's another reason why we take it off right after davening, because people can't, you know, if you're going to have a conversation with your friend after davening, I don't think you should keep your tefillin on. You're being mesiach das from your tefillin. Many people don't speak. Uh, when, I, when I became bar mitzvah, the Rebbe, the Rebbe told us, you know, accept upon yourself not to talk in your tefillin, which is a very commendable practice. Uh, be it as may, let me tell you one more distinction. Again, the question is, on Shabbos, you're not allowed to wear a tefillin. It's disparaging to Shabbos. So why should you dafka wear a tefillin at a bris? So one answer is what Chaim Kenevsky says. That's what David said. You need to have two. So on, on Shabbos, you can't have tefillin on Shabbos because we already have Shabbos and Mila. But at a bris Mila, you should put on tefillin to have tefillin and bris. Or like Rabbi Moshe Feinstein says, the reason we wear a tefillin at a bris is because the act of circumcision is not the ois, it's being circumcised, so we wear the tefillin to explain why we're circumcising. Or, like was suggested as well, like David suggested, that the baby's bris, so your tefillin is not disparaging to the baby's bris. Here's... Well, then we're not the scenario, a bris on Shabbos, right? Same problem. You don't go ahead and be mechal Shabbos. Bris? You have to have a bris on Shabbos, if it's the 
if it's bris on Shabbos, then what? Then you're not, you, you don't move the call Shabbos. You don't move the, you don't move the simon of Shabbos. What, what are you supposed to do? No, no he's same. asking why. How could you have a bris on Shabbos? You have Shabbos as the ice. I mean, doing bris sure, on Shabbos—it's Shabbos, yes. disparaging to Shabbos. To Shabbos. I think that's what he's asking. Or, the, or vice versa. I mean, that—that—that that, that also, again, you know, that gets involved in a lot of the things we said, but. It's the act of circumcising is not the ice, like you like you said. It's being circumcised. Well, showing why we don't take smell off for that same reason. You don't move one out of the way. Yeah. Here's another story that Reb Chaim Kinevsky said. He says like this: You have a bris milah. Everyone, we're saying leave my tefillin on. So why should I leave my tefillin on? I just wore tefillin for the last forty-five minutes. And the reason I did is to have tefillin and my bris. So why do I now need to leave on the tefillin for this kid's bris? So Rucham Kievsky says, it's because, just because I did tefillin and my bris, but that was my mitzvah of being circumcised. But what about the second mitzvah of circumcising a kid? That's another mitzvah. So now the one doing the circumcision, meaning the moyel, he, Davka, should wear the tefillin, so that not only was there tefillin and everyone else is being circumcised, but there's tefillin and the act of circumcision. So why does everyone wear tefillin? Everyone sort of is, you know, in it together with the mayal, but the ikr wearing of the tefillin is the mayal. No, usually the mayal doesn't. But I'm not sure you would want the mayal with, you know, with the thing wrapped around his, you know... You would want the mile doing someone else's, right? Okay. Next, this is uh, this is really out of. Uh, a palace. A palace. They okay. yeah. One last thing. Mile usually. Yeah. What's no. the point of wearing a palace? They're not. They tie it up so they're not. But why That's they if they the mile davens at the minion. Usually he's not. Okay. Saying, listen to this. Listen to this. Listen to this. This is uh, this was raised to the Be'er Moshe Rav. He first mentions that he remembers before the war in Hungary. Everybody knew. That at a bris milah, every man, every last man wore his tefillin until the end of the bris milah. That, that's what people did. That's the whole reason why you say aleinu after a bris. Why do you think you say aleinu after a bris? Because you don't say it after davening. Because davening's not over yet. You make the bris and then you say aleinu. And he says, I don't understand what happened today. Why is everybody running? He says, because we live in a generation, every, everyone's rushed and everyone's running because if you have your tefillin on, how are you supposed to get out of the shul the second the mila is over? The only one, the only way to make a mad rush out the door is if you're already prepared by having your tefillin off, already by Bar Shamar, this way when the davening is over, you could make a mad dash. But he said, you know, he remembers the following amazing question. What about soldiers in the Hungarian army who had to work on Shabbos? So they wear a tefillin. Right? We had a guy who doesn't have Mila, should he wear a tefillin on Shabbos? What about a guy who doesn't have Shabbos, should he have tefillin on Shabbos? That's another question. Is the Ois of Shabbos the Isra Malacha or the positive command? Okay. Now, wh- what would you answer to this question? A guy who's doing Malacha on Shabbos, should he wear a tefillin? Already the Chumas Hadashan said, you're not going to make distinctions in halacha based on the drush of needing to have two isos. Right. I remember reading a story, I tried to find it earlier, I think Rabbi Wein said that, you know, in his father's shul, 
in Chicago, like in the 30s. So people, uh, they were they made they they and then they went to the store. So there were people who wore tefillin, and the rabbi said, "Well, you know why? Why are you wearing tefillin?" He said, "You have Shabbos. We don't have Shabbos, so at least we should have tefillin." Or another version is, you know, conservative or reform. They they wanted to know if they should wear tefillin on Sukkot, since the board made a law that they shouldn't take the Dalad Minim. I think that's what it was. The board voted not to take the Dalad Minim. So once the board voted not to take it, so they don't have Dalad Minim, so maybe they should wear tefillin. These were the questions. The bottom line is we're not going to start making adjustments based on it. One thing that we should keep in mind is that it's probably a worthwhile practice to follow the original custom brought by the Mishnabura that one should keep their tefillin on for Brasmila unless you're in a community where nobody else is doing it and it would be uh, you are, uh, it would be arrogant. But it seems like there is a major distinction between the idea that we dafka do not wear tefillin on Shabbos and we dafka do wear tefillin at the time of the bris. Mila. And it is a very beautiful idea, even though it is a drush, but it is found in the Rishonim that we should always be cognizant that we have two testimonials with us at all times. We always have the bris mila. During the week we have the mitzvah of tefillin, and on Shabbos we have the mitzvah of Shabbos. And the, this gives testimony that we're connected to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we're avodim to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and um, we should be zaycha to carry those testimonies in uh, the proper way. Thank you, everybody, for coming. I wish you a wonderful rest of the week. Bracha v'hatzlacha.